Welcome to St. George Orthodox Church Homilies and Reflections. Today's homily is from the Sunday of Pentecost. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Amen. Amen. Joyous feast. Joyous feast. God bless you all on this joyous feast. We pray for the Lord to renew our hearts by his Holy Spirit. St. Seraphim Asarov, you'll notice there, there's a book um, that records conversations of his, Matovilov, and there's a text of his writing on the acquisition of the Holy Spirit, which he views as the aim of Christian life. And we have to think about what that means. I was reading a very nice, really wonderful book this past week or two by Father John Oliver. It's called The Giver of Life, The Holy Spirit in Orthodox Tradition. And what he does in the book is he takes the most familiar prayer to us Orthodox believers, O Heavenly King, the Comforter, the Spirit of Truth, who are everywhere present and fill all things, treasury of blessings and giver of life, come and abide in us, cleanse us from every impurity, and save our souls, O good one. And he goes through this prayer line by line and talks about what we believe about the Holy Spirit in the Orthodox Church. In the chapter where he discusses the reality of the Holy Spirit being the treasury of blessings, he says there's something that we can get mixed up about when we think about the Holy Spirit and when we think about the life in Christ. He says some of the blessings that come from the Holy Spirit are listed by St. Paul, although really they're innumerable. There are innumerable blessings of the Holy Spirit. But St. Paul talks about some. He says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And this is in the midst of St. Paul telling the people of Galatia to walk by the Spirit and no longer by the flesh. Then he enumerates these fruits that are signs that one is walking by the Spirit and not any longer by the flesh. And of course he talks about as well the fruits of the flesh that are like envy, hatred, murder, frustration. In our age you could talk about anxiety, judgment, condemnation, prejudice, like all of these things are part of the works of the flesh, walking in the flesh. But Father John talks about, he says, well, we can get a bit mixed up. We may think that we ought to be pursuing the fruits of the Spirit rather than pursuing the Holy Spirit Himself, rather than pursuing God Himself. So for instance, if you go to Sprouts, maybe some other places too, but definitely at Sprouts, or if you go to natural grocers, you'll be able to see in line, right, magazines telling you how to be peaceful telling you how to have self-control. You'll have 
constant urges, right, everywhere you go, to be kind. Father John mentions that all of these things, even as good as they are, if they are practiced and embraced and lived apart from the Holy Spirit, who is a person, can end up becoming distorted, can go in a really bad direction. And so he says, he goes through each one of them, and pardon me, I'm, 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 just, I'm just reading from his work. Without the Holy Spirit, love, and how many of you, I mean, it's, it's very common today to see the statement, love wins, right? But then you have to ask, well, what's, what love? What does that mean? It's sort of like when some, well, anyways, there's, there's lots of statements. It's, whenever there's a slogan given, you always have to ask, well, what's the context? What does that mean? What do you mean? But he says, without the Holy Spirit, love degenerates into lust or sentimentality or mere companionship. So just sort of like a, a toleration of the other person. We reach for another out of selfishness or insecurity or loneliness. We become motivated and this is by deep needs that ignore boundaries. So in other words, the deep things within us that we don't have a lot of control over become the driving force in our relationship with others. Things that if we thought more about what love is and what it means to genuinely value the other person and to see them in the Holy Spirit would cause us to place a check on the things that are stirring within us. With the Holy Spirit, love makes both the giver and the receiver well, even holy. With the Holy Spirit, we suffer long and kindly. We do not envy or parade ourselves or act puffed up. Rather, we rejoice in the truth and bear all things, believe all things, hope all things, and endure all things. Without the Holy Spirit, joy degenerates into nothing more than the pursuit of pleasure. We maneuver through life solely to avoid pain. We pursue only light and lose the ability to embrace the darkness so necessary for spiritual growth. Because as soon as we experience, we think, I, how do I stop this? Is there a medication I can take? Is there something that I can do to stop this darkness? Instead of enduring it in the Holy Spirit and acknowledging that joy comes in the morning by God's grace. So we try to just get rid of it. Just pursue pleasure. With the Holy Spirit, joy is not forced to become happiness. We are willing to sacrifice pleasure and happiness so that joy, which is not as dependent on circumstance, might emerge. We rest in the promises of God that run deeper than everything that troubles life's surface. Without the Holy Spirit, peace degenerates into an avoidance of all conflict. 
without the Holy Spirit, peace degenerates into an avoidance of all conflict. We're no longer able, able to dialogue with others. We say we have peace, but really we've just walled ourselves off from our neighbors and from the people in our community, in our church community and in the world around us. We seek exterior tranquility without the Holy Spirit as a distraction from inner turmoil. So we buy more and more essential oils. We burn more and more incense. We try to make sure that we are as comfortable as possible in all of these external ways as a distraction from inner turmoil. We lose principles worth defending and we lose differences worth celebrating. So instead of having principles, you know, instead of holding to things that actually matter, we just withdraw from engagement entirely. So it's something I mentioned last week about how many people within the church want to do that. They just want to go hide somewhere and not have to deal with, the world, with things as they are today. And to, and to the other opposite of that is that because we never engage, we never actually come to know the differences within others that are actually worthy of praise and celebration. With the Holy Spirit, however, peace reserves the right, and this is an interesting phrase, reserves the right to a special kind of violence, the kind required to seize the kingdom of God. We wage war with no one's old nature but our own. We calmly battle passions that refuse to die easily. We discover an inner stillness. We do not react and we do not resent. We grow undisturbed by troubling thoughts as the heart enters a state of quiet listening. Because we have accepted this daily and quiet martyrdom, we grow into vessels of stillness that benefit others. Without the Holy Spirit, patience degenerates into sloth. We lose the ability to do what needs to be done when it needs to be done. We grow tolerant of inappropriate delay. We lose the relationship between justice and timing. We mistake laziness for perseverance. With the Holy Spirit, patience pursues but does not rush a desired outcome. We do not force an agenda. We resist our need for control. We exercise the right restraint at the right time in the right way. We, cross, we trust in God's timing and in His way of doing things. We accept that true soul work, true work on our soul, is often slow, unhurried, and mundane. It has to do with very tiny little things. Just making the sign of the cross when you get up in the morning. Or even sitting down to pray for five minutes during the day. Without the Holy Spirit, kindness degenerates into a lack of resolve. We lose the ability to say no. 
We erode the boundaries that define our personhood. We pacify beyond what is healthy, even enabling another self-destruction. We draw near when distance is called for and remain distant when nearness is needed. With the Holy Spirit, kindness is not defeated by fatigue or prejudice or argument. We learn when an acquaintance should remain an acquaintance and when an acquaintance should become a friend. We become generous and not devastated when there is no return. We are honest but not cruel, warm but not seductive. To acquire the Holy Spirit is to express kindness while a storm of irritability may rage within. Without the Holy Spirit, goodness degenerates into mere morality. We focus on external behavior and forget the condition of the heart. We compare ourselves with others and usually come out favorably. It's always going our way when we compare ourselves to others. We grow smug. We become legalistic, shallow, and bland. With the Holy Spirit, goodness becomes empathy. We grow sensitive to those in need, including ourselves. Being right becomes less important than becoming righteous. Our understanding of the good transcends contemporary trends and cultural taste. How many of us, myself included, how many of us can say that? That our understanding of what is good transcends contemporary trends and cultural taste. Think about that. We learn where true good is from and where it leads. We discern the fingerprints of God. To acquire the Holy Spirit is to discern God in all good and all good in God. Without the Holy Spirit, faithfulness degenerates into inertia. We favor predictability over risk. We get stuck. We can see this, and it's not to poke fun, and it's not, again, to put ourselves in a position of, of, of judgment, but you can see this happening throughout the United States in our churches that are closing and being sold and turned into whatever, apartment complexes or whatever. The people there were faithful but it may have been a faithfulness that was uninspired by the Holy Spirit. They were holding on to the way that they had always, always, always done things. And they made no provision or possibility to take the risk of opening their doors, for example, to the people that were right next door to them that moved into their communities. People that are Spanish-speaking and not Greek-speaking. They had no desire to reach out to them or to open to the door. They remained faithful to their traditions, and now their churches are closed. Without the Holy Spirit, faithfulness degenerates into inertia. 
with the Holy Spirit. Faithfulness means we become not stuck, but still. Distractions do not reach a heart that abides in a state of constant listening, so that when God says to move, we move. We follow where He leads, willing even to enter the dark, willing to enter a place where we don't know what is going to happen. We are obedient but free. We voluntarily suffer. We choose the way of God even when no one is watching. To acquire the Holy Spirit is to understand faith as inseparable from faithfulness. Without the Holy Spirit, gentleness degenerates into a lack of boundaries. We lose willpower. We become passive. Assertiveness looks too much to us like aggression and decisiveness too much like violence. We never, again, we never engage with anything because we're overly gentle without the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. With the Holy Spirit, gentleness becomes hospitality. We keep a rein on ourselves and make room for others to grow in our midst. So we allow them their freedom. Without the Holy Spirit, self-control. And this is one of the, the worst things. Remember I was telling you before that people might go find a magazine or read a book to learn about how they can deal with their anxiety, you know, in a way that's, I just want to be calm, want to, you know, want to breathe deeply and, and just detach from everything around me. So that's one way. What's the other way that we see more often when people become orthodox? They exercise an absurd amount of rigid self-control. They're constantly scrutinizing every single little thought. They're so obsessed with every little detail of fasting and of prayer and how to do this and how to do that and how to do these other things so that self-control degenerates into self-suffocation. We lose life's vibrancy. We lose vivifying energy. We go rigid and legalistic and recoil from anything that appears uncontrollable. The proper goals, the aims of discipline are lost as discipline becomes the goal itself. We intimidate others and provoke their suspicion. With the Holy Spirit, self-control means we become God's clean instrument. We embrace fasting, prayer, and understand the role of the body in acquiring or losing salvation. Moderation is seen as strength and not weakness, because we neither indulge the self nor obsess over the self. We can restrain or celebrate as an occasion calls for. With the Holy Spirit, willpower is delivered from the tyranny of the flesh. Those are all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And you see how each one of them on their face, when we look at them, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. These are all qualities that anyone, anywhere, maybe perhaps in any culture, almost, if you read some ancient Greek philosophy, <laughs> they, they weren't necessarily that concerned with being gentle. They're, you know, it, it depends on who you read. 
Right. Um, and they certainly weren't, necess- weren't interested in loving your enemies. They, they viewed it as a very virtuous thing to bring harm and shame and abuse to your enemies. But anyone, almost anywhere, would look at these lists of terms and think these are all admirable qualities that we ought to pursue. But if in pursuing them, we forget that we are pursuing a living relationship with God Himself, from whom all of these gifts come, from whom they have their being and existence, and from whom they become like a living spring within our life to pour out everywhere, if we forget that, that that's our aim, is, as in the Gospel of John, the Lord says that eternal life is to know the Father and Jesus Christ whom He has sent. This is eternal life. And this is where all of the gifts of the Holy Spirit flow from. So if we forget this, we're in big trouble. The final word from St. Gregory Palamas. He said, Why did the tongues appear to be divided among the disciples? We heard in the epistle reading this morning that the Spirit descended in fiery tongues and were divided amongst all of them. St. Gregory says, Because the Spirit is given by measure by the Father to all except Christ. So to Christ, there is this expression and life of love and unity between the Father and the Son that includes everything of the divine nature and activity that is completely beyond comprehension. That's Christ. But to us, each one obtained different gifts, lest anyone should suppose the grace given to the saints by the Holy Spirit was theirs by nature. And so the Lord saved us by giving to each one a little bit here and a little bit there and a little bit to this guy and a little bit to that guy so that we're not all the same and we recognize that everything comes from the living God and we pursue Him and don't, don't presume to think that we have everything within ourselves. And so may we pursue the acquisition of the Holy Spirit by seeking to fulfill the commandments of the Lord and to genuinely pursue Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. Thank you for joining us at St. George Orthodox Church Homilies and Reflections. Please be sure to like and subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. Okay, goodbye. God bless you.